Genesis chapter 8. I want to share with you a, a different kind of message today. I guess they're always different from the previous one, but uh, this is called Vision 2012, 2012. And I, and I want to share a little bit with you to stir your heart and to help you to focus on doing some things in your life this year. And we don't, uh, we don't want to just kind of roll into a new season, a new time without any forethought, without any prayer, without any expectation, without any deliberate action. Uh, but there are some things that God wants us to have and experience in life. And, and if we don't take a, a step of faith that way, it just won't happen. And if we don't take a, a position where we are determined to move forward, both to give and to receive, to obtain what God has promised us, then we, the, another year will pass us by and things will just be the same as our neighbor who doesn't even know the Lord. I mean, that's kind of a sad commentary, but let's take advantage of the things that God has provided for us. Let's, let's delve into these things, uh, you know, full speed ahead, and, and let's receive what the Lord has promised us and exercise ourselves unto increase, all right? God doesn't want you to decrease, even though the world around us is decreasing and, and many things are getting worse. Uh, you know, devolution has been in play for quite a long time. Uh, and things are declining, things are getting worse around us, and, and I, I'm not, uh, you know, forecasting what the economy is going to do or anything of, of that nature, but I know this, in the midst of it, you and I can be protected, you and I can be helped, we can be preserved, and we can be sustained, and, and we can actually increase in the midst of a bad time. Remember, in the Bible tells us in, uh, I believe it's in Genesis uh, uh, here, I guess it has to be timeline has to be uh, it uh, talks to us about Isaac how he sowed in in a famine in a season of famine he planted in other words he, he, he planted his crops and in that same year reaped a hundredfold all right in other words it was a bad time to do it naturally speaking it's like this is not going well yet God blessed him to the degree that he could prosper in the midst of struggle and and chaos and and downturn all around him and so, uh, can that still happen today in our lives? It absolutely can, and absolutely will, if we take advantage of the laws of the kingdom of God that He has uh, established for our benefit. Now, in Genesis 8, it says here in the 22nd verse, this is right after Noah's flood, it said, while, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. All right? Now, obviously, he's giving them a promise concerning what's not going to happen again. In other words, there's not going to be another flood. There's not going to be uh, another uh, decimation of the planet that way. And thank God, you know, if you believe the, <laughs> the earth is warming, the polar caps are not going to melt and flood us. Can you see that from this verse? We're okay here. <laughs> What's going to happen as long as the earth remains? Well, seed time and harvest. There's going to be farming. <laughs> There's going to be gardens. There's going to be uh, these, these, kind of, these kind of things are going to continue on throughout the length of the time that the earth exists as it does. And, and so what, what, why I start with this, this scripture here, because God has set in motion in the 
natural physical world something that is also in the spiritual world. It was designed after it, and that is this principle of seed time and harvest. All right. In other words, you're going to plant something over a period of time. That thing's going to grow, and then it's going to produce a harvest of what was planted. Okay. And uh, that principle, of course, we know and we understand that from a farming uh, standpoint, from a gardening perspective, it is also true in God's kingdom. And I'll show you a few verses to establish this clearly in your mind that God's kingdom operates on these very same principles. And it's one of those universal laws that applies really in the church, out of the church. It's just the way that God created things. Look with me at Galatians chapter 6. And I'll just show you a few times that that this principle is mentioned. Galatians chapter 6. You know, uh, other terms that are used in the Bible, giving and receiving, you know, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, you know, uh, modern colloquialism, if you will, sometimes people will say what goes around comes around, you know, it's the merry-go-round principle. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, those things all are, are, are really true statements regarding how God set up the, the physical and the spiritual world, that there would be a reciprocation that happens when we sow one thing, those things would be made available for us to reap as well. In Galatians 6 and verse 7, he said, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Okay, so we again, we see sowing and reaping or planting and harvesting, we might say. Um, notice the language. He said, whatever a man sows, that is what he's going to reap. And so what I reap in life is contingent upon what I sow in life. If I don't like what I'm reaping, I should analyze my sowing. If I don't like what I'm getting out of something, I should uh, verify and check up on what I'm putting into something. If I'm putting the right thing in, I'm going to get the right thing out. It's kind of like a computer, right? What you put in, the software, the things you download, uh, you know, that's what you're going to get out of it. And if you put wrong stuff in, you're going to get wrong stuff out. Amen. Download a few viruses, you're probably not going to like what you get back, right? Uh, For those on PCs. (laughs) I'm just saying I haven't dealt with a virus in many years because I use a Mac that's a side note though you don't we don't want to divide here over such high important issues But again, you understand the principle that what we put in things is what we're going to get out of them. And, uh, and that's a biblical guide. He, he said, don't be deceived about this. Well, why would you say that? Apparently, people have a tendency to be deceived. You mean someone can think that that principle doesn't work? Exactly. I just don't know why this is happening to me. I just don't know why things aren't working. Well, analyze the seed. Don't be deceived in this, thinking that this, these principles don't work for you. Well, I've been sowing everything just perfect. Everything I sow is just good stuff, and it's just not coming back that way. No, I can't agree with that. 
That violates the very laws of, of nature, the very laws of the kingdom of God, to say, I'm reaping all kinds of stuff I didn't sow. That's like the farmer saying, going out and planting, uh, planting corn, and, uh, and after a little while, the, the, you know, he comes back uh, and he says, I don't know what's going on. I have wheat. I mean, I planted corn. Trust me. And he tries to convince you. Really? Seriously, I, I really did plant corn. I know you see wheat out there, but no, I planted corn. Could he, could he convince you? No. no. You're going to have to just use better judgment and say, you know, you look sincere and uh, you're a nice guy and everything. I, I just can't go along with you on this. I'm going to have to say, you planted wheat. Right? Was, does that sound logical? Now, when it comes to, our, to, to the rest of our lives... Let's just look life straight in the eye. <laughs> Let's not play games with things, even concerning our own lives. Sometimes people want to put up a false front because they don't want anyone to think that they sowed the wrong thing or that they didn't sow the right thing. And so they'll try to override the very basics of, of what works and say, no, really, this is what I'm doing. No, really, you're not. I'm going to have to go with the word. Okay, now I'll help you, I'll help you get to that. But stop telling me you planted corn. Because I'm looking at your crop, dude. There's no corn there. You didn't plant corn. Maybe you thought you planted corn. Maybe you intended to plant corn. Maybe you just wanted everyone everyone to think that you planted corn. But you got wheat, man. You planted wheat. Maybe you were deceived. Maybe someone told you that was corn seed. But I'll tell you, no matter what the reason is, no matter how it came to pass, you planted wheat. Everybody with me? All right. And so if we'll be honest with ourselves and our lives and, and, and just genuine, then we can start looking. Am I planting the right things in my life for what I want to experience this year? Am I getting the right kind of seed in the ground? And this works really on a number of different areas. Some of these scriptures deal directly with finances, and we'll talk about that. But it really works in other areas of our lives. But what do we want to get out of this year? I would suggest, because in the kingdom of God, there's no winter, so you can plant now. <laughs> uh, I would suggest getting the right kind of seed, whether you're talking about planting the Word of God in your heart and not planting other things, whether we're talking about seeds we sow with one another and how we treat each other and behave, whether we're talking about uh, giving finances and sowing that kind of seed, all these things. Let's be aware of this biblical godly principle and concept that sowing and reaping is something that will continue naturally and and spiritually as long as we're here and if i want the right thing out of life i just need to plant the right thing and then it will be available for harvest okay look at matthew 7 with me matthew the seventh chapter Now, of course, you understand this, that it's possible to, for the enemy to attack a person and not based upon seeds they've sown. That's where the seed we've sown enables us, the harvest of that enables us to resist and stand against those things. Okay. But in Matthew 7 here, and in verse 12, Jesus spoke here, and he said, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you want them to do to you, do to them. 
What's he talking about? Oh, again, same principle. Basically the same concept spoken in a little bit different way. What do we want out of life? And in this case, what do we want people to do to us? I mean, could you think about that for a moment? What, would you, what, what do you like? What do you like people to do for you, to do to you? All right. Can you think of anything? Let's say, uh, do you like people to ever take you out to lunch and buy you lunch? Is that nice? Yeah, that's nice. What should you do? Take somebody out to lunch. That wasn't real quick there, though. That's interesting. <laughs> we'll work through it. And we'll get to this, okay? The, the one causes the other, okay? Well, I should pray about it. Lord, send someone to buy me lunch. No, no, no. Make it a practice in your life of sowing that type of seed. Amen. Would you like someone, and you can say God used someone, but would you like someone to, uh, to pay something off for you? Someone to come up to you and say, you know what, I just had it on my heart. I just, do you owe anything on your car? Uh, I'd just like to pay that off for you. How many would like that? Probably anyone who has a payment. Well, how would you get that to happen? Well, according to Jesus, whatever you want people to do for you, you do that for them. And you start praying, Lord, would you like me to help someone else with their car, with their car debt? Hmm? Uh, you, you ever like, I know I'm, just talk, I'm talking about money now, but we're getting into that a little bit. Uh, would you like someone to come up and, 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 and uh, you know, give you the old Pentecostal handshake? You know, I had to... Had to, had, to, had to explain that last night too. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so someone's got someone's got money rolled up in their hand, and they shake your hand, and by the time they pull their hand back, it stayed in yours. That's how that works. Not about really speaking in tongues or anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, in other words, someone someone just comes and blesses you. Well, what ought you to do if you like that kind of stuff to happen? Well, just go find someone and stick some money in their hand from time to time as, the, as you're led and so forth, uh, and the Lord will lead you. Well, what is that doing? All these things are planting seeds. They are, it's the, it's the word sowing, and it causes us to reap. So we ought to think about, what do I want people to do to me? If I want, do I want people to smile at me? Well, that's easy. That's one of those things that frequently will get a quick return. You know, but if you're grumpy towards everyone, well, yeah, that's not a good seed to sow. You're going to get a lot of long faces back. And, uh, you know, you, you want people to be kind and, and uh, be courteous to you driving down the street and, and, uh, and so forth. Well, sow some seed. All right. They work in all areas of life. Look, oh, look over at Luke chapter 6. Luke, the sixth chapter. And verse 38, 638, it says, Jesus spoke here again, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, that you use, it will be measured back to you. 
And so again, Jesus using this principle, the context of here of the earlier part of the chapter is giving again, is, is, is uh, offerings and so forth. Uh, but he says, it, what, it, what you give, it will be given back to you. What will be? Well, it will. He didn't say give and something else will be given to you. You ever, you ever heard someone talk about that? I, I have actually, but uh, where someone says in a, in a church service, uh, preceding an offering, you know, give in the offering and the Lord will give you peace. The Lord will bless you with peace. Or give in the offering and then th- that will help you to be healed. Or give in the offering and, your, and one of your relatives will get saved. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> he said, give and it will be given unto you. What will be given? What you give. In other words, we're controlling the seed. If you think about this principle, this guarantees us that we can have the results in life that we want. In other words, it's not up to, it's not some random force. It is not just about our our opportunities in life that we've been afforded or our upbringing. Or it's not about God's plan that one person does well and another person does not do well, what we reap in life is connected to what we sow in life. And if I want certain results in my life, I can control that. This is a universal law and principle that has been placed in my power. And so if I choose to operate within it, I can reap the benefits of it. But I can't say, that, man, I'm just out of control. I just don't, uh, I just don't know what to do or how to make things work. My life is just random. It seems everything happens by chance. And uh, no, it doesn't. We control it. Now, we've been operating in this sometimes ignorantly. People in the world operate it. There are people in the world that operate in this intentionally. And they're not even saved. Yet they've recognized these principles. How much more are we supposed to know them? That's why Jesus taught us. So we can know how these things work. And again, this is not about, I'm trying to get God to give me a harvest. No, if I'll sow seed, He already set His kingdom up this way that there would be a harvest. It would be connected to what we do. We control the outcome. If I don't like the harvest, I should change what I'm planting. Okay. If I want more harvest, I should put more seed in the ground. I mean, this is just simply logical sense. We understand this because of the physical realm that, that we live in. But uh, from the beginning to end, this process is accomplished through actions that we take. The farmer is the one who goes out and puts the seed in the ground. The farmer is also the one who goes out with the combine. The, the ground, the natural world causes, assuming there's water and nutrients in the soil and so forth, but all things working like they're supposed to, uh, the ground is going to produce that harvest. In the kingdom of God, how we operate in this principle is we act, the kingdom of God will naturally supply a harvest, and then we reap it. So we're involved on both sides of this equation. We go in and we give and we sow and we do these things by faith believing that as we do, that um, 
that we're operating not just in a seen realm, but in an unseen realm. That there is activity. That when we give, it, when we give to a, another, when we give to the kingdom of God, it's an intentional act. We're operating within the laws of God's kingdom, and now it will multiply. It will multiply and come back. Then it's available for our reaping. Then it's available for our harvest, and the Lord show, we we harvest these things by faith, just like we plant them by faith, right? When you're talking about finances, you're not putting dollars in the dirt, right? This is a faith venture, but we also harvest now by laying hold by faith of the promises of God, believing that we receive them, and the Lord directs us. He directs our hands to get involved with certain activities, investment, job, and so forth. And as we, as we act on his, on his leading and His prompting, harvest starts coming to us. Harvest comes our way. Okay, God intended it to be this way, but he also put these things within our power. Let's not wait on God. When are you going to make this happen? He's not. He already made it happen. He set it up and then gave us great instruction on how his kingdom works. So let's work it. Let's work these principles. Let's work these laws. Let's do them with intention. Go to James chapter 4. All of this is the, a, a part of the life of faith that God has called us to. It's an act uh, of giving and receiving. You know, Paul used this language in, uh, in Philippians 4 when talking to them. Remember, he was talking to them about how no other church communicated with him concerning giving and receiving, but only them. Notice the language he, he, he used. He didn't, he didn't just say, no one else gave to me but you guys. I like how he was balanced in his approach. This is biblical and this is, this is, uh, this is correct. Giving and receiving. Sowing and reaping, right? Giving and receiving. It's not uncommon in a church scenario for leaders to talk about finances and only deal with the giving side deal with the side that has to do with uh you know being good stewards of god's resources and that's definitely a valid side but this the bible talks about both sides of this giving and receiving and you and i should be involved in both of those it is not more humble or more God-honoring to only be involved in giving. God set it up that we would be givers, but then also His uh, the laws that govern His kingdom would continually replenish the hole that was left when we gave to the extent that it would increase more and more through our lives. Everybody with me now? Okay. It is not more humble to say, well, I just give. I don't, I don't really need anything or expect anything back. Not supposed to be that way. We are supposed to expect things back. We are supposed to be in the harvesting business. Everybody with me? I mean, obviously, you see the end of that real quick. If all we do is give and never engage 
our faith in the receiving process, we're going to quickly run out and not be able to give any more. But God wants us to be not only sustained and carry our lives through the earth, but to increase so we become a greater and greater blessing all through our lives. Okay, so the giving and the receiving must be learned and practiced. And we want to be involved and engaged in both of these. Praise the Lord. All right. Don't be the kind of person that, that, that won't receive. And, of course, you've got people who won't give. But I think if you understand the laws of the kingdom, you might start. Uh, but you also have people who won't receive. Someone will try to do something for them. And, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm good, I'm okay, you know. Uh, someone will try to pay for something. Oh, no, I don't take any handouts. You know, I'm a, uh, why wouldn't you take a handout? Salvation is a handout. I mean, every gift from God is a handout. We, think, we really think we're the source of every good thing in life. Man, that's baloney. We ought to be humble enough to say, thank you, Lord, this is an answer to prayer. Even if it wasn't specifically an answer for prayer, it's the blessing of God that's coming back to your life. When someone offers to do something for you, unless you think, and you know, unless you know they have an ulterior motive or something's wrong there, other than that, receive. You know, I've declined things on a few occasions because I didn't think it was the right thing. But, you know, 95% of the time, I'm ready. Huh? Be that. I mean, be that way. If I give someone a gift and they decline it, you know, I don't do things just lightly. I'm not just throwing things away. You know, that's an insult. Let's be receivers. And let's be givers in the other order. Praise God. James chapter 4. Verse 2, James 4 and verse 2, uh, no, yeah, sorry, wrong page. Let's start in verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask, do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, he's, he's dealing very strongly, using very direct words to this, to James, to the church there. Because these guys were after stuff, but they were after it the wrong way. He didn't rebuke them for, for he said, you guys want things and you want stuff and God wants you to be broke. No, that's not what he said at all. He said, you guys are going about this the wrong way. You're fighting with each other. You got strife. You got, your focus is wrong. Everything you want, it's just about you, 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 and your lusts and your pleasures. And you don't, you don't care about others in the kingdom of God. And he said, listen, if you want something, ask. And doesn't mean ask people, by the way. You ever heard someone do that? Well, the Bible said you have not because you ask not. So I'm asking you. No, no. <laughs> it's not what he means there. <laughs> He said, he, said, he said, ask. You have not because you ask not. We should be aware that part of the harvesting process and things coming back to us is simply by using the, the prayers of faith in the Scripture that tell us that we can ask the Father in the name of Jesus for anything and we'll get it. And this is one of the ways that we reap a harvest on, uh, on, on what's been made available through the laws of God's kingdom. All right, but we shouldn't be striving and fussing and fighting and just pulling our hair out and working in this world like so many people do to try to obtain the things we want and need. No, we should relax and in faith, confidence in God and uh, operating in kingdom principles and pray. Remember that? 
Remember, he said in Philippians, uh, uh, in, in uh, was Philippians 4, he said, don't worry about things. Pray about them. You don't, don't have any anxiety about anything. Pray about it instead. So there's a different approach people can take to getting the things that they want and need in life. But God's way, yeah, man, it, it, it's relaxing. It's I can give. The harvest grows by itself. That wasn't hard. And I receive and I can pray and I ask and things come back to me, uh, come back to me that way. And that way you can keep your focus where it needs to be. You don't have to be one of those, these folks that lives for stuff and lives for things and lives for the next, the next new, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, but you can be one who focuses on the Lord, serves the kingdom of God, do as Jesus did, did, said to do. Remember Matthew 6? And seek first the kingdom of God. And you can do all these things and have a relationship with God that's right. And not be out of balance or anything like that. And the blessings of God flow in your life unhindered and without effort. This is what God really wants for us to experience and live in. Not this fighting and warring and struggling. But also, I don't believe he wants us to just be passive and just kind of year after year goes by and we don't really increase. We're not really growing and being operating in the blessing of God. We're just kind of, you know, holding on. We're just kind of maintaining. We're just kind of status quo. No. I mean, we're talking about God is in our lives. Things should work better than that. Things ought to increase. Things ought to grow. Our lives ought to get better. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and, and so operating in these principles will help us to do this. Now, I want uh, the ushers to hand out to you a form. Go ahead and do that now, guys. And uh, everyone take one of these. Husbands and wives are welcome to share if you want. Um, and this is something that we want to do. For this coming year. And as you get these, we'll, we'll, we'll take a, a few moments to go through this. I'm not, I'm not wanting you to write anything down right now or, or to do any of these things that are written. But let's take a moment and, and, and talk about the things written on this piece of paper called Write the Vision. Basically, three things... Number one, sit down, take some time with your spouse and children, if you have them, to check your heart and talk about these three areas. So we're going we're to approach 2012 on purpose. Number one, what you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year. So we always want to keep the kingdom of God first. We don't want to put that at the bottom and all we're doing is talking about things that we want and so forth. Always giving first. You know what you've given over the past year. You know your own financial status now. You can, you can seek the Lord and you can analyze where things are and come up with what you would be, what would be in your heart, what would be your, your faith to be able to give over the next year. Secondly, then you would write down what you owe. Every debt, large or small, write down the principal interest rate payment, etc. In other words, we just want to do the, do the work. We want to know the state of our flocks. We want to know the condition of, 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 of our finances and our, if you have debts and so forth, and line those things out and be real specific so we can be focused and accomplish some things. And then third, what would you like to have? Or do personally if price or cost was of no concern. All right? Take money out of the picture. What would you like to have? What would you like to do with your life? 
Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna write all these things down. And, and so for some, this will take a, a, a you know a few minutes. For some, this will take a, a good bit of time. And uh, well, I want to encourage you to do this this week. All right, sometime during the week, get these things lined out. Pray about it. Sit down and think about it. Uh, about where you would like to be this year. Then here's the here here's the plan. Next week, now these are for you. This is not, I'm not asking you to, to show this to anybody else. I'm not asking you to turn this into me. But we are going to pray together, okay? I, w- I want to take a few minutes of our service next week. We'll do it during the, the time that we do the offering and stuff. Uh, we're going to take a few minutes during our service where we all come back and we've got these, whether your stuff fits on the back or whether you have, you know, a book, <laughs> whatever that might be, and you bring these papers with you, and then we're just going to stand up together and we're going to hold these as families uh, before the Lord. We're going to even invite some of the older children who want to come in with their families so families can be together. The younger ones probably wouldn't matter so much. So we can, we can pray together, and here's, and here's what we're going to do. That's, that's the next part of this. We're going to hold our papers up before the Lord. We're going to acknowledge the Lord as our total source and thank Him for providing for us in times past. Third, we're going to ask Him to enable us to fulfill the vision that we've written. You know, He'll give the wisdom, the guidance, the strength, the know-how to us to fulfill the vision that He's given. And then fourth is we are going to claim all the necessary funds. Now, you understand the principle again. I know I'm not, this is kind of a whole other message, but the things that we need are not in heaven. In other words, God doesn't print U.S. currency. Uh, those things are down here on the earth, and we can simply, through the principles of, of faith and authority, we can lay hold or claim the things that we need for our lives in this life. Uh, claim all the, ne- the funds necessary, plus some extra. Remember, always round up in your giving and in your receiving. Be a rounder-upper, all right? Uh, plus some extra to give. So we're believing for seed to sow, right? To pay off. And to do what you have written. So all three of those areas we're going to believe and claim all the necessary funds, whatever it takes, to do that. And then number five, we're going to command the devil to take his hands off these monies. We're going to forbid him hindering it coming to us. Remember, Satan is the god of this world. Low, small g, god of this world. He is, according to 1 John 5, he is the one who's in control in the world. Okay, because of those principles, what do we do? We use the name of Jesus, the Word of God, and we as children of God exercise our authority and we resist Him. And we command Him to stop, take His hands off our finances and so forth. And, all, and, and, and so we'll do that. We'll exercise our godly authority in Christ. Number six, we will charge the ministering spirits to go and work swiftly to cause the monies to come in. Now, that's based on Hebrews 1 and another scripture in Psalms. Remember, the ministering spirits are angels. And the Bible says that they are here to minister for us. They are basically doing things for us. The more we know that, we can actually take advantage of their ministry and we can give them charge and say, go and cause the monies to come. And then they work in this natural world system and they cause the finances to come into our hands. Okay? And then seven, again, we thank the Father wholeheartedly for bringing these things to pass in our lives for His glory. All right? 
And so then, how many know, we're ready for 2012. We are. We've done, we've done the... We've done our due diligence to find out what it is, what we want, what we need, what we're to give, all all these things. And we've placed these things before the Lord. We've acted on His Word. And now all year long, what are we going to do? Anybody know? Well, we're going to have a constant and continual expectation of good things to happen. Of things to be paid off, things to come in, our giving to increase like we've never given before. We're expecting the blessing of God and and this vision to come to pass. Praise God. I mean, expectation is is something that will keep your your fire lit. Come on now. And uh, and so every time we think about it, we're just thanking the Lord, thanking the Lord. Because we don't have to do anything. It's not about striving. He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us direction. He'll enable us to fulfill the vision. But other than that, we're not going to strive over it, not going to fuss and worry and all these kind of things. We're going to relax and rest in Him, giving Him all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. And then we're going to add these to our weekly testimony proclamation. As they come in, as you see things from your list coming to pass, you'll write down to whatever detail you want, uh, write down these testimonies and we'll start sharing them throughout the year as these things start coming to pass, right and left. And God's favor is demonstrated in all of our lives. Amen. It's going to be good, huh? Praise God. So take some time this week and let's come prepared. Next week we'll, get, we'll all get in faith together about your, your vision list. And, uh, and, and we'll get going. Praise God. Father, today we thank you for your goodness and your kindness toward each and every one. Thank you for the life of God that we have received, that we have received your life. And Lord, we have been changed. Now, Father, for each and every person that has come, may they have clarity of insight, clarity of focus, and may they see clearly your will and your plan for their lives. That they might be precise in their vision and goals. Show them, Lord, and show me those things that you would stir in us to have us to believe for and to expect will come to pass. We thank you for directing our steps, for ordering our paths. We humbly submit our lives to you and thank you that all of your will and your plan will come to pass in these days. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those today who are not saved, those who are not right with you. I pray for those who are not going to heaven. Lord, order their steps now, I pray. Reveal your love. Reveal your mercy to them even right now. That they might believe on you and be saved. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.